Hello, my friends. Today we're talking to Nick, the VP of Solutions at Uncork. And we discuss how Uncork's no-code platform allows you to build complex applications without coding, how MongoDB makes their platform possible, and why leaders should be driven by the success of their employees. All of this right here, right now, on the Modern CTO Podcast. is the Modern CTO Podcast. I originally went to school for political science. Uh, I knew I wanted the sciences. Uh, I picked the wrong of the sciences uh, at first and um, uh, only to quickly find out that I do not want to spend my life arguing with people. <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, we can go in and you can debate the merits of, of a number of political policies, but you can't debate with me that two plus two equals four. Uh, so I quickly transferred over uh, into into technology and, and you know studying computer science, but but always keeping that you know th- those passions for things outside, and I didn't want to go purely into technology in fear of getting inundated with all of the struggles that, you know, come with building great technology and instead, you know, use the inputs from outside of technology and be able to uh, interface with folks outside of directly, you know, a technology team and and kind of bring that all together. So uh, that's what got me into technology to begin with. You know, and then from there, I'd always been attracted to, you know, startups. I like, you know, again, I have a, a passion about everything. So I think you really get to unlock your passions by working in that kind of environment. Uh, so, you know, tried my hand uh, in a number of them, uh, started my own at one point, um, but also, you know, worked in, in the enterprise. And, and that's experience that has, you know, uh, been extremely valuable for me now uh, in my current role with Uncork. Uh, understanding the the, the the pains that come with, with enterprise uh, software development and everything uh, around it. So, so would um, you would you categorize Uncork as a startup today? You know, it's it, it's a really good question. So, I joined Uncork actually a little over three years ago when we were 25, 30 people, right? So, you couldn't be more startup than we were back then. Um, in those three years, we have grown 20x in almost every metric of growth that you can imagine. Um, so when you look now at our uh, employees only channel in Slack, it's over 600 people, right? And, you know, depending on where you look to see what defines a, a startup, a small, a midsize, a large company, we could fall into a number of different buckets. So I think our growth may start to put us in certain different categories, uh, but I think it's it's really important that we continue to embody the spirit of a startup, uh, particularly because this no-code market is is growing faster and faster by the day. More and more players are entering the space as the projections are showing what the total addressable market is going to be and the percentage of enterprises that are going to be building applications with low-code, no-code. So in order for us to continue our leadership position and evolve, we need to you know, retain as much of the startup culture and as much of the, you know, the mentality that comes along with that and the willingness to go above and beyond the willingness to wear the hats and things like that, but also maturing our processes and, and everything that, you know, comes with an enterprise to really, you know, uh, establish ourselves even more so. Yeah, you're in like a really big transitionary period right now. That's That's got to be really exciting in its own way. Yeah, it's it's been so cool to see to see that again from all angles in terms of the number of people, the growth of our technology, the growth of our customers, and and the use cases and problems that they bring to us uh, is just been 
it's been really interesting to watch and be a part of. Well, before, let's take a step back first. Tell me yeah. about what Uncork is. What do you do? Sure. So Uncork is a no-code enterprise development platform. Uh, now, that, again, sorry, did you, you say no code or low code? No code, no, no code, and we are very, very particular about that distinction because it is a really important distinction in the benefits that we, you know, feel come with using a no code or low code, particularly with with no code. Um, so, when it comes to pure no code, uh, we're one of the few, and when it comes to pure no code for the enterprise, we're, we're kind of alone um, in in that world. Uh, so, you know, look, the, uh, you know, particularly exacerbated by, you know, the remote work and everything that's come with the pandemic, you know, software and digitization of, of your processes are more important really than ever. Um, and I'm sure many companies have tons of ideas uh, of, of the kind of software they need to create that they need to bring to market. Uh, but they're very resource constrained to do that. Right. You know, whether it's developers and budgets uh, that are necessary to uh, to do that. So what Uncork, you know, really does is it gives you that, that, that platform to enable, you know, both your engineers and your technology people, as well as your folks tangential to that core team that is thought of as your primary creator of software within your organization and, and really unlocking them to deliver that value and, and create that business logic rapidly. Um, but also to be able to govern everything that's happening. In there, and I think you know that that governance piece uh, is huge when it comes to the difference between you know you can look at Squarespace as no code, but they're not you know building enterprise and there's not governance there, right? Versus Uncorks no code, which is it is enterprise focused, and we're allowing you to more or less no code the entire architecture, no code the entire SDLC to deliver those you know secure, compliant, scalable, maintainable, performant applications that you need in that kind of a world. So what kind of applications are being built on the on the no code platform? Sure. So, you know, Uncork started in primarily insurance and financial services. Uh, those two industries were near and dear to the hearts of a number of our of our founders. Uh, so it was a great way for us to one, they've seen the pains that come with building software for those industries and the ways in which we can improve upon that. And then also we had, you know, a rich network of people that we can reach out to to bring to bring the value to. So we started again with that insurance financial services. And it was a lot of, you know, onboarding applications. It was a lot of, you know, um, raters for insurance and onboarding for financial service and things like that. Liberty Mutual was actually our first client. Um, and that was one of the things that really struck me when I was looking, um, you know, at, at Uncork and looking to join them was, you know, out of the gate, they're getting, you know, a Fortune 500 company as their client. We weren't starting small. We were starting right at the top. So that was a lot of the beginning days. Uh, but over time, um, and something that I've really kept an eye to uh, in my time at Uncork is we're not an industry solution. You know, we really are a general purpose development platform. And we're seeing that come into, you know, into being in a number of different uh, industries and a number of different use cases and problems since then. So, you know, one of the biggest uh, differences that I, uh, that you know, I can talk about uh, from that you know, birth of financial services and insurance uh, was what we were doing for New York City when COVID hit everybody. You know, that was uh, our, our first real foray into the public enterprise world and and very large consumer facing applications. And in you know, in a matter of days, we had applications running for New York City uh, that were allowing people to you know check in with their COVID status. We're allowing people to have meals delivered to them. I mean, through our system. 
60 million meals were delivered to, you know, vulnerable uh, people, citizens of New York City uh, that needed, you know, that couldn't leave their house to, to, to put food in their mouth. Uh, digitized the marriage license process for New York City shortly after that. The city clerk's office had closed. Nobody can get married. There was a backlog of thousands of people who wanted to bring some ray of sunshine into a very dark time, and they had no way to do it. And we enabled New York City to continue to serve, you know, their loved ones uh, in their in their city and enable them to move forward with their their process. So, like that's that's some examples. The list can go on because again, we it, it really is general purpose and. And, uh, and it's always fun to find that next thing uh, that you can do. That's crazy. That's such a feel-good thing, <laughs> helping people get married. It, so, it really was. I mean, especially, like I said, in such a tough time, um, yeah, everything was kind of thrown up in the air. To be able to wake up every morning and know that that's what you were doing, it just adds so much more to the, the experience of developing software. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so with these use cases, are you guys building the applications on uncork and then delivering the applications to the city of new york or are you giving them the platform and then the people at the clerk's office are building the applications it's it's a blend of the two um so we do have a professional services organization that are you know the smes right now of developing the best quality software with uncork uh but we have an extremely rich uh training program and, and boot camp and an academy uh, where we're, where we guide you through what you need to be successful and leave that, you know, in, in your hands. So it is a blend today. Uh, we're very excited about the idea of a self, of the self service model and allowing these companies to just unlock their own resources. Uh, and we're doing everything in our power to ensure that you're successful in doing so. Uh, but absolutely, we also offer our professional services to, uh, to, to help you get started. Even if it's a combination of, of the both of us to get going, we'll help you with the, you know, that first use case, set the framework for you and then allow you to kind of run wild on top. So it's a little bit. That's cool. So yeah. you and I were originally introduced through mutual friends over at MongoDB because I got to interview their CTO, Mark, who was just fantastic. Gotta listen to that episode. But um, can you tell me a little bit about your relationship with MongoDB and how that fits in with the Uncork platform? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is so critical to everything we do here, both from a technology perspective and just as well as, you know, the things we look at when we when we see that growth that, you know, I was talking about uh, a little bit earlier and how we were able to to, to get there. So uh, really, so Mongo and, and Mongo Atlas specifically is the, you know, the database is the back end for Uncork and effectively becomes where we really store our representation of code. Right. So we, we have decided to rather than represent your business logic in the form of, of code, which is going to be variable and change quite often, and there's going to be the next hot thing and you, it's a very steep learning curve. We represent that business logic in JSON and Mongo allows us to easily um, deploy many variations of business logic within, you know, within their data store and pull out extremely rich uh, insights on top of, you know, a structured representation of your business logic. So in terms of Uncork's platform itself, um, we wouldn't have been able to, to get that up and running without what they, you know, with, with some of the capabilities they provide. And now as we're running at higher and higher scale, you know, a lot of the things that, you know, Mongo and Atlas are going to provide you in terms of auto scaling and patching and, and performance insights, uh, helps our technology team continue to, uh, enrich the product. 
But the beautiful thing about Mongo and, and the way that we've been using it on Cork is it's not only paying dividends for us as a company um, and how we're able to evolve our platform, but it also unlocks our customers and what they're able to do with the platform. So, you know, as I talk about how we started in financial services and insurance, and then we got into you know, all these other verticals. And, and again, you know, just I'm always trying to find that next cool thing. That kind of uh, document schema and that the flexibility to their schemas and their modeling allows us to meet those use cases, you know, allows that flexibility so we can have one platform that supports a number of different uh, industries and, and verticals and use cases. And then the fact that that flexibility is very change friendly. I think that's a term that they use um, that I couldn't think is more appropriate to talk about not just your technology, but also your business processes and, and everything else is to be chain friendly. And they afford you uh, the ability to, to, to make those changes as the world is rapidly changing, as technology is rapidly changing, being able to, you know, change your data models, change your, your, your processes um, within that system has been uh, just tremendous for seeing how our clients can evolve their applications uh, iteratively and quickly. Okay, so can I try to articulate and horribly oversimplify <laughs> the, the the tech stack that's going on on the platform? Please, yeah. Okay, so on uh, like the the UX level, you have like your no code platform where you can drag and drop to create code and the, these boxes and and lines that you draw relationships and it makes a lot of sense looking at it and. and it, to the user, it's in plain English, really easy to understand. And then under that, you have to translate all of that into actual code to run in like some kind of virtual IDE that you have under that. And the, the code is stored with help from MongoDB in a way that allows you to constantly be changing those meanings and do really hard calculations with it. And, uh, and and draw the code out fast from from your kind of word bank of of code that you have stored there. Is that is that make, is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. I would say the one you know thing that I would just you know, you know pick at there is is translate it to code. You know, so I would say you know there's a JSON representation, but you know is JSON code? And we could probably you know have a conversation about about that. But it's a representation, and then it's more or less like an interpreted language where it's going to be rendered that JSON and the logic that's, you know, represented within that JSON is going to be rendered, you know, on, on the fly. So whether that's in your browser or whether that's on the server, if you want to use no uh, uncork to no code build API. So you have the UI thing down completely. Um, whatever you're dragging and dropping is creating that JSON structure under the covers, which then gets, you know, dynamically interpreted you know, at runtime when it's when necessary. So, and what that really allows us to do is again with the with some of with all the problems that come with with code by having it just really be representing your your business logic. Um, you know, we also afford uh, so much flexibility and, and extensibility within Uncork. You know, thinking about Uncork is kind of that no code runtime. And while we have an extremely powerful application that allows you to drag and drop and build that JSON structure. Um, there are many other ways which you might want to go about that. Um, there might be there are many integrations where we might say, "Oh, you've you've mocked up some architecture in Lucid. We can easily translate that into Uncork's JSON, and effectively, that becomes your you know your drag and drop. And now Uncork is 
you know, is that architecture layer that, that processes, uh, you know, that logic that's encapsulated in some defined JSON rather than some, some code. That's really, so if, if you wanted to reuse code that you'd already written in like hard code, you can translate that into uncork no code to continue working on it in the uncork platform. So right now it's, you'd effectively, you know, kind of reverse engineer your code into, you know, a JSON structure using either, you know, some, some process that you've written to do so or through our no code interface. But you actually bring up something that, you know, we're hearing more and more uh, throughout our sales processes or around some folks who love the concept of no code, love the concept of low code, but also don't hate code. You know, and it's not that we hate code, right? We still, we still <laughs> love code. We obviously hire them, hire folks um, who, who do that. Um, but they're like, hey, look, I've invested time and money into a design system, into, uh, you know, micro front ends and things of that nature or into services that I've created that I want to reuse. You know, how does that work with, with no code? Um, so, you know, we're constantly exploring more ways to, you know, effectively say that, yes, you have written code and that's wonderful and that's great. We want you to continue to get advantages out of, you know, the great software that you're still able to build. How do we bring that into Uncork and expose it in a no-code manner for you? Uh, so not only are you still allowing people to rapidly develop against that, um, but you also have to worry less about, you know, the maintenance because Uncork is kind of handling uh, the infrastructure that sits around that. So how complex of applications can you get with, with Uncork? Are there limitations just by nature of it being low code? I mean, no code? God, I don't right, want to mess right. that up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank you for catching yourself. Um, well, I think that's, you know, that's another question that, that, that comes up. And another common you know, myth that we try to dispel about no code in general is the lack of, of complexity. And you know, I would say we can build very, very complex things. Uh, inside of Uncork. I mean, you know, number one, you look at some of the industries that, you know, we're talking about. In my experience now working in the insurance industry since I started at Uncork, it might be one of the most complex industries in the world. <laughs> some of the algorithms that are used to determine, you know, how risky you are, what your premiums should be, um, and then the variances and changes to your, you know, kind of your life insurance or whatever health insurance is over time is extremely, extremely difficult to manage no matter how you're building the software. And we've built a number of policy admin systems and have some templates for policy admin systems that solve some of those really complex problems. If I step away from, you know, our industries for a second, um, we built a video game in Uncork. And this is something that I love to, to talk about. And not only was it a video game, but also a video game with AI. Um, so we took a, I don't know if you ever remember this game from when we were younger called Don't Break the Ice. Uh, where basically you have like a grid of blocks of ice and a little hammer where you have to knock blocks away without having a penguin fall down. Right? Are you talking about a real physical game? Yeah, this was a real physical yes. game. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Right, yeah. So we took a crack at rep reproducing that within Uncork in a pure no-code manner and you know, not only built the logic of how the game works with you know, tapping blocks and what's going to fall when, you know, one piece of ice falls, how many other pieces of ice falls based on their, you know, the pressure that's coming in on the sides of them, but also built AI for it so that you can play against the computer. So we have a game in Uncork where, yeah, you can play the computer at a childhood favorite game, Don't Work the Ice. So just an example of how, you know, you can get complex with, with, with AI and architecting things with microservices in mind and some of the other popular 
you know, trends that are going on in, in all uh, of technology, you know, they have representations in Uncork and can be achieved in Uncork. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I didn't even think about when you said that you started an insurance, like what kind of an, an accomplishment that is <laughs> because of how, how complex it is. And I mean, I think insurance and finance in general are probably encountering a lot of the same technological challenges in terms of those extremely complex models. Like mm -hmm. just recently we had on the show this company called Grok that makes these super advanced AI chips. And they basically just have like a different approach to chip manufacturing that because of a lot of really cool technical stuff that they're people from Google X and other really smart people at the company have come up with. They're able to like process so much more efficiently than like a traditional GPU. Um, and he, yeah, they were saying that they're used really heavily in the finance space. Um, and I mean, it makes sense. Like they, all the crazy predictions that they got to do. Yeah. There. Yeah. And you know, and I just, also when I think about complexity, you know, what, what we try not to focus on is just the complexity of the build, right? Cause in any SDLC, right, the building's going to be hard. And then a lot of times you're going to solve complex, but everything else is pretty complex too. Like, how do you maintain this thing once it's out there in the wild? How do you report against it? Like, those are all very complex uh, things as well. And, you know, that's why we're, we look at, you know, the entire SDLC, or sometimes we call it the UDLC, um, to help you not just build, you know, these complex solutions, but also, you know, maintain these complex solutions and support them over time. Um, and really just integrate as much of the SDLC process uh, into Uncork, you know, giving you extremely rich, you know, different capabilities to understand how your models have changed over time or, or even how your UIs have changed over time, uh, help you to be able to deploy multiple versions and easily roll back your versions, God forbid anything, you know, goes off the rails. The ability to, to, to monitor that and, you know, get alerted upon any variances to you know, how your application is performing. And also tests, you know, we, we have a unit testing application in Uncork now as well, you know, so the moment you've changed some business logic and, you know, maybe inadvertently, you're going to be notified right away. So the complexity we find in software development isn't only in the use case, but it's also everything else that goes into ensuring that you have the best quality product. And so, you know, we're, we're really trying to hit on, on all of those. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, so I, I want to hear a little bit more about Manga just because I love them and, and Mark. Um, but so did you, were you always partnered with Manga from the start or like was there a dark period at the beginning when uh, you were trying to figure it out alone? <laughs> yeah, no, no, we were Manga right out of the gate. I mean, the, the benefits that they provide were so apparent. Um, to us, just even when you think outside of what we were trying to do with Uncork and just look at the, you know, what other folks are able to do to do with Mongo and just the general trends and, and changes to, you know, database software over time. Um, it was pretty clear that there was a, a great opportunity there. And that was what, you know, we were going to need and, and also to future proof us for, you know, some of the, the, in, the enhancements that we expected to come over time. So, um, yeah, Mongo was was the choice right out of the gate. And again, we wouldn't probably be sitting here if uh, we hadn't made that 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 correct choice off the bat. <laughs> That's awesome. So do you find that you like are introducing your customers to MongoDB and then they're using them for other stuff too? 
So I think what we, we try to abstract away as much as possible the underlying uh, data store. Now, we're very open yeah, yeah. to the fact that we use Mongo. And I think a lot of our clients are also very happy to hear that, uh, particularly using like their Atlas product and, and all the benefits that come with that. You know, I just to add in terms of like making that decision up front, you know, one of the things that we started with it on Cork was like compliance and security first, um, you know, hired a CISO right out of the gate. Um, and Mongo allowed us to to get there faster because, you know, just as Uncork is trying to abstract away a lot of those complexities for you, Mongo's abstracted away a lot of it, you know, in terms of what you need from a database perspective to achieve the type of compliance that is expected in the world today. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it, it was right off the bat. But again, we try to, we try to abstract it away, um, and provide you uh, even a, even a cleaner interface that Mongo already provides the engineers and, and folks like that into it. Um, but then both in terms of how you get your data into Mongo is, is, is very much attracted, how you pull it out in within the context of your application, uh, you know, when it's running in a browser or wherever you're going to be running it, that is that abstraction layer. But then we also, you know, use tools like Mongo's BI connector to allow clients to connect directly, you know, to, you know, some read-only copy of their data when they want to do, you know, maybe more advanced, um, analytics within tools that they already have within their ecosystem. Uh, so we definitely, again, are, are open with it. We, we we want them to get the data in, but when it comes to your experience within Uncork, uh, that is is going to be, you know, an, an abstraction. Because again, this is this is no code. And while, you know, uh, software yeah, yeah. is always complex, we want to hide. Just... Yeah, that totally makes sense, just the nature of no code. Um, but so I'm, I'm interested, is Uncork used by a lot of developers or I mean I, I know that a lot of people that aren't developers are able to use it that's like the point but do developers also use it yeah and that's actually where we've seen tremendous tremendous success and excitement too is with the you know the developer community and the engineering community and and you know why I'm I'm, I'm talking to you probably a little bit in the sense and where we want to really start talking more to the developers out there who aren't using us to, to tell them that you know, no code doesn't mean no developers. No code doesn't mean no engineers. It literally just means no code. Um, but the concepts that come with building software, you know, and those principles of what is sound design, you know, are still represented within uh, our no code experience. And that's, you know, where I think it gets like, because again, I, you know, I was an engineer and I was, you know, even when I started leading, you know, engineering teams versus just writing the code myself, I was always kind of, you know, hands on with it. Uh, and since joining Uncork, I just, I haven't written code, right? And I have a lot of fun <laughs> doing the same things I used to do in code in, in Uncork. And I think, you know, so not only are, are they going to be extremely successful, um, but they're going to see the value to them uh, because we're abstracting away a lot of the things that they don't want to have to code. You know, I think you look back at MVC frameworks, however long ago Rails, I like, took over the web development world. They were like, look, you don't want to do routing anymore. You don't want to do user management anymore. Like we'll take care of that stuff for you. We're going even that step further and saying, you know, you don't want to write reusable date components and have to pick and choose your date libraries and things like that. So even abstracting away a lot more of the stuff that probably doesn't excite the engineer and, and allows them to focus on that it, representing that really exciting business logic is performance and, you know, and as slick as they can. So um, we've seen again, yeah, to answer your question, ton of, uh, of success and value and have a lot of, you know, former engineers, you know, uh, or, or current engineers using it. 
it doesn't mean we're throwing out the citizen developer and that doesn't mean that we're saying that you know this is no code for engineers and you citizen developer can't use it there's a value proposition on, on both sides of it but you know we're not just trying to say everyone in the world should be able to build software we're also trying to say you know, more people should be able to build software and the folks who are doing it today are going to be 10x you know, better than they are uh, in traditional means. That's awesome. Yeah, it's like the same like talk track as AI in general. Like, it's, it's not coming to take your job, it's coming to let you do a cooler thing rather than this repetitive task. Um, and this is just applying that logic to coding in general. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, going back to that kind of evolution, um, you know, because like when you're when you're when you're writing the code, there are going to be smaller incremental evolutions that are going to make your life maybe a, a little bit better. Like if I look at what I call I call I will call that more of a revolution than than an evolution. So I look at JavaScript, for example, and you know, when jQuery came out, everyone was super excited because it abstracted away getting you know, selecting from the DOM and things like that. You know, then Angular kind of came out. And now, all right, well, I've got to take all my jQuery and turn it into Angular. And it's it's giving me more than jQuery did, but I still got to do a lot more that I don't want to do. And I also have to go replatform. And, and then React came out and said, sorry, Angular. And then it does more for you. But you know, I had to replatform re and I had to, you know, but I still don't have everything. And, you know, now I'm seeing that Svelte might be even cooler than React. So at what point is everyone going to going to replatform again? And 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 Uncork being an evolution versus an evolution or a revolution on that then uh, that for format says you don't need to worry about the fear that as soon as you write this you know platform someone's going to come out with a better framework that you're going to you know have to go over to you're really just focusing on uh, you know your your business logic and you know the algorithm so to speak uh, rather than you know all of that other stuff that sometimes comes with those smaller revolutions along the way. Right, yeah, that's just replatforming is just so much work that's not like directly productive. Mm -hmm. But so what's what's something that if if this was widespread to everyone's able to use it, what's something that would be really exciting for you in the future um, with with no code everywhere? Well, I think it's you know more about. So we talked about, you asked him earlier on, like, you know, what are some of the use cases that we build? What are some of the things that you build in Uncork? And, you know, I answered it with a lot of, you know, industries and, and certain specific applications that we built. Um, where a ton of the excitement is, is more and more people are starting to use it, especially more and more of those engineers who are starting to use it. They're starting to look at, and we've a lot of us have always been, not just again, the business use case, but also the technology, the underlying solutions uh, that technologists will use to solve any given use case. So, you know, I mentioned microservices before, you know, API gateways, CICD, AI, all, all of these kinds of things that are just, it doesn't matter what you're building for your end user, this is going to be a part of it. And finding and representing that within a no-code platform some of which is our, you know, the capabilities of the platform itself, but some of it is those, you know, building blocks that we create when you're developing with Uncork. So what I love to see uh, every time, uh, you know, another, you know, engineering-minded person building an Uncork creates the next, 
you know, API, hey, this is what an API gateway looks like in Uncork. Hey, this is what a service mesh looks like in Uncork. Hey, this is what CI, CD looks like in Uncork. That's the really exciting stuff. So I think as more and more people start using it, and when more and more of those engineering-minded people see the value that it can give to them, like you said, it's not taking their jobs, it's making it better, then we're going to start seeing a lot more no-code solutions that are purely technical solutions. Because as much as I... Again, love what we did for, for, for New York City. Maybe I don't, sometimes it's hard to, you know, always, you know, be in love with what the end user product is, but a lot of technologists are going to be love, in love with the technology that gets them there. So as more and more folks really start to create some of those, you know, technical solutions that are reusable across, you know, anything, uh, that's just exciting to see how much more you could say, you know, hey, you used to have to code, you know, microservices, a service mess. Now you, now you don't. Um, that's just me. So is CICD uh, possible in Uncork today? So we have, yeah. So basically there, everything, every kind of promotion that you can do or deployment that you can do is, you know, uh, fully automated, could be fully automated, you know, via API connections to external systems. Um, we have effectively a pub sub system that runs in Uncork. So you could, in theory, say, hey, every time I save uh, a change in this application, promote it. You know, those kind of, you know, in continuous integration is possible. Um, and then when you're doing that, you know, also kind of versioning and snapshotting those changes that you're making and running those tests. I said, you know, those automated tests. So right now within Uncork, you could build something. The moment you hit save, execute any test that you've created against it. And if those tests pass, and if those tests pass, deploy it to your higher environment and then run maybe any functional tests that you've automated uh, as well. And also hook that in to any external applications that you have you know, within your ecosystem. So Uncork is very strong integration framework that allows you to both you know, call anything that you build with no code as, a, as an API to integrate on Corkin, but conversely also very easily call out to any APIs that you've created or that may exist in certain processes that you have. So why not also kick off some pipeline um, that you have set up to build, you know, something that you're working together with, with Uncork? Because while certainly Uncork wants to be your entire stack and run everything that you can imagine, we realize that a lot of our customers, if not all, have invested you know, a lot of time and energy into some great products that they already have. And, you know, while yes, you could probably rebuild it in Uncork, we just talked about well, replatforming is always great. Why not integrate with it? Uh, so it, it's both, you know, contained within the Uncork experience, you have a lot of the CICD, but also how does that, you know, interface with some of your other applications in your ecosystem? So can, can I ask you a couple leadership questions before we yeah. wrap up? Yeah, totally. Cool. So recently we had on the show this guy named Jay, who's the CTO of a company called Odessa. And they they do like really awesome software solutions for equipment leasing companies, which I had no idea was such a huge industry, but just this software solutions company for this industry I had never spent any time on had like hundreds of employees. Like they're a big company. Um, but anyway, he started the company like 20 years ago, and he told me when he was first uh, like starting the business, like money was really hard and some advice that his dad gave him really stuck with him and has throughout his entire career, which was uh, don't cut costs, focus on growing revenue, like cutting costs, just not, not 
a productive task as an entrepreneur. Just focus on growing revenue and that'll get you to truly successful. And that served him really well. Um, and so that was just the answer to one of my favorite questions to ask everyone, which is what's some advice that you got early on that really stuck with you and has served you well throughout your career? Yeah. Um, I think the one thing that uh, a few things come to mind, but the one that I've really carried forward and, you know, keep as, I'll say two things. Well, one is uh, as a leader, your primary focus, you know, aside from your company success, is your is is the folks below you and, and their success. You want to make everybody around you better, right? And you're a successful leader if the folks below you are becoming leaders. If the folks below you are succeeding, if they're happy, you know, if they're contributing to the overall growth of your organization and to the value that you're providing. So I think, you know, as much as you have to focus on things like growing revenue, I mean, you're not going to get to those revenue numbers without a very motivated, happy workforce um, that comes to that wants to go not just to, you know, 100% that wants to go above and beyond that, um, particularly in startups, you need, you know, that mentality that you sometimes have to do a little more because you want to, you know, you want to maybe go home at night or stay home at night in today's world and continue you know, doing the things that you're doing because you just really, really love it and you love the people that you're working for. So, uh, you know, I think always to focus on, you know, growing the folks, um, you know, that work for you is extremely important. And I find one of the the best ways that I have found doing that um, is really to allow folks time for for exploration. And, you know, one of the, you know, Google did it with 20% time. So you can just point to that and say it's that. But I think giving, you know, your employees that opportunity to explore things related to your business, but that also interests them. Um, and looking for folks who have that natural curiosity that when given that opportunity are going to want to seize that opportunity. When you get those curious people, it's, there's no telling what they're going to come to you one day and say, you know, hey, boss, look what I have to show you. How freaking cool is this thing? And then, you know, next thing you know, it's a it's a reality because, you know, in, in with as I was talking earlier with, you know, with the growth of the no code uh, market in order to kind of stay ahead and not get complacent, that needs to be the mentality that you go through and, you know, never expect that you're. You know, you're, the, you're the best and, and, and have that curious mindset to be, how can we improve? How can we do better? Uh, you know, what, what else? How can we kind of change the, the rules around what we're doing? Um, I know that was a, a bit of a loaded answer. Wasn't as clear and concise, I think, as the one that you example you had given me, but I hope it, uh, I hope it makes sense. No, that was awesome, man. So do you have like programs at Uncork for bringing up the next generation of leaders? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, within our, you know, technology department specifically, we do, you know, give our, our technologists here that that time uh, to focus on um, to focus on, you know, exploration and bringing new things to the to the table um, and then providing them folks, you know, on the leadership to work through to work through those things with. And even, you know, we were fortunate, fortunate enough to be backed by capital G Google is one of our uh, you know large investors and they have a mentorship program as well that we're able to connect uh, some of our engineers to to learn from from some of the greats who obviously work uh, work over there and then you know diversity and inclusion is, is is huge at uncork and and making sure that those impacts aren't just for you know certain folks within the organization but that everybody has you know a, a fair opportunity to to take advantage of that 
um, and to make their mark on our organization. That's really cool. Do you guys have like an internship program? How how far yeah, into development yeah. do you go? Yeah, so we have <laughs> we have an internship. I think we're on might be this summer might have been our third year doing it. Um, and we have thousands and thousands of applicants every year. And uh, most of those, the ones that you know we end up giving the internship opportunity to, uh, many of which become employees once they're once they finish university. But then even prior to that, we also uh, have an apprenticeship program uh, where we're actually reaching out to high school kids um, and working with local high schools to give their folks and, and a lot of times in some underprivileged areas may not have a lot of opportunities off the bat to do that to give them an opportunity to come work for us and learn about kind of that next you know evolution of, of software and give them even you know more skills that they can take to to university and then you know and then beyond so you know really starting starting young training those next generation of no coders and giving them the opportunities that we hope to give you know, everybody out there. Yeah, that's awesome. That was that was a lot more than I expected asking that. <laughs> <laughs> cool. That so how do you encourage like open communication between different parts of your organization? Yeah, you know, I uh, I, I had transparency, you know, also in, in the mindset about uh, some of those those leadership things. So I think look, we it, it almost has to be it's almost second nature you know, for us starting, you know, having had such tremendous growth so quickly where, you know, when it's small, it's very easy to keep that communication because you're all sitting in one room, a few desks apart. And I think because we started there, we were, we're where we are so close to when that was, it's just ingrained uh, into a, a lot of what we're doing. But we also, you know, we have weekly all hands meetings at the company where, you know, you have the CEO presenting you know, his, his weekly updates, you have other members of our senior leadership team doing the same thing. And then you have each and every department doing their own uh, presentations on a pretty frequent basis to, to the entire company, hundreds, hundreds of people. So you always, you know, every employee has that, that kind of, um, you know, finger on the pulse, the general pulse of the company, but then you need that obviously to trickle down, you know, and, and be on the day to day uh, as well. So, you know, using, you know, using collaboration tools, obviously like collab communication collaboration tools like Slack, using, you know, centralizing a lot of our, our documentation and, and, and all that just, and, and making it available, uh, is key. So again, I think it was always second nature for us. And, and, and we want to keep that transparency always from the leadership, you know, down and encourage that across because you need to build that two-way trust, whether it's a lateral two-way trust or a, you know, a vertical two-way trust between parties because again going back to like you know wanting folks who who want to explore and, and have that curiosity that's feeling attached and and feeling like your voice is heard and you understand where you're going um is what is really going to help to motivate uh folks to to do what they're doing when they feel you know like they really understand it completely so but you've been there from like 25 employees to now you said like 600 right so how I'm sure you've had to change like how intentional you are about facilitating open communication, right? Like what are some ways that it's, it's changed and like practical applications you've had to do to accommodate for that growth coming into your shoes as an enterprise? Sure. So, you know, from a, from a product development perspective, you know, leveraging other platforms that, you know, more consistently and publicly, or at least publicly within, you know, the four walls of Uncork, share roadmap, 
and, and, and assist, allow people to submit ideas you know, into that roadmap and up, upvote and downvote some of those ideas. So not only can you see what we're working on, but you also have, you know, a way where you can provide that feedback and then have your colleagues, you know, vote uh, on the thing. So everyone kind of feels like they have, you know, at least some say in, you know, maybe not the overall direction, but a lot of the, the incremental steps that we're going to take to get there. So we started that within, from a platform perspective, you know, really, you know, sharing and also accepting that feedback in a systematic way. But now we're seeing that happen uh, with other functions in the organization, even like documentation. So our enablement team who manages our docs and our training courses and things like that, running a very similar program where you can, you know, share ideas to, you know, change documentation, document something that doesn't exist, and then again, have that kind of voting mechanism to afford it. So I think having those systems in place and those two examples you know, give someone somewhere they can go at any point in time uh, in order to, 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 to share the feedback and see the things that uh, other folks are doing. Because, you know, oddly enough, I thought when everybody went remote that there would be less meetings and more time, but it's been the complete opposite. <laughs> I feel like there's so much more uh, meetings. So sometimes it's hard to find that time. So having the systems and having the processes and the platforms to facilitate it at any point in time, I think has been really helpful. That's awesome. Yeah. So before we wrap up, is there anything that we didn't get to touch on that we want to make sure we get out to the world today in, in this conversation? Yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> we are we are hiring uh, tremendously. We have been hiring tremendously uh, since even the you know the world changed dramatically. I mean, I think we had more growth even during. Uh, since the pandemic started than we were having prior to that. So um, we have a very strong remote culture. We afford people the ability to work remotely. And then we have a very strong uh, remote culture, we feel, to to support what has obviously been a, a big change for a lot of people. And I think that you can see that evidence itself and how much we've grown uh, since since all these things happened. So, uh, you know, Uncork.com has our, our postings on it, looking uh, across the board, everything from, you know, engineers to sales, uh, you name it, we're, we're we're looking for it, and you know, there. I don't think there could be a better time uh, to to get involved. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this episode useful, please share it with a friend or a colleague who you think would get value from it. And if you have topics that you would like to hear discussed on the podcast, either add me on LinkedIn or send me an email, Joel at ModernCTO.io. Every time I get an email or LinkedIn message, it absolutely makes my day and inspires me to keep going.